Hey, everybody. This edition of The Frimmer File is called Being the Son of Holocaust Survivors, which is going to be one of several files on this complex topic, which I will cover over, over a period of time. Being the Son of Survivors is a role that has defined me in a lot of ways. It's a story that I will tell in a number of ways. Some will be personal, and it's a story that I think needs to be told. Some ideas, some of the stories may not be the most pleasant, but I think it's necessary. Children of survivors are also survivors, which is something I will talk about here as well. But every story has a beginning. So mine starts in two cities in Poland. Szelkiv, where my mother grew up, and Tomasz Lubelski, where my dad grew up. Both parents had large families. My mom had several sisters and brothers. I am named for my mother's father, Shlomo, which somehow became Stewart. My mother was a big movie fan, and I got the spelling from Jimmy Stewart's last name. So go figure, somebody Jewish has a Scottish first name. Just an aside, I have a scarf of my father's, which has to be over 70 years old, and it is a Scottish Jewish tartan. Stewart. Kind of interesting. On my mother's side, my mother's family, she has, oh, she has one older brother that survived. The question most people ask was, were they in the camps? And the answer is always no. My grandfather was killed trying to protect his family, and I won't paint the picture to you, but only tell you that my maternal grandmother also died protecting my mom. Through the help of the Russian partisans underground, my mom and her older brother escaped the Austrian Alps. Yes, the sound of music Alps. And when we saw the movie for the first time, my mom told me the story, which as a kid was kind of tough to believe and understand. She and her brother ended up being hidden by a family in Germany. My uncle was brilliant. And we had this incredible mutual respect. I think that those conversations shaped me in many ways as well that I'm not even sure. I just remember feeling more grown up after talking with him. Until his recent death, my uncle sent money to this family. They asked the last few years of his life, my uncle, polylingual, an architect, a musician, would not talk to my mom, blaming her for many of the events of their lives. His dementia distorted his life in those events and caused my mom the most unbearable pain I witnessed. The trauma buried was taken out of my mom, and even though I only lived a few blocks away from him, he wouldn't talk to me either. His only daughter has kept herself apart for years from the family. While I've tried to reach her, in spite of being a neurologist, she managed to keep herself completely disappear. Trauma is multi-generational, and they have layers, buried to speak, sneak, to sneak up on you. I know this from my own emotional and physical reactions. My dad also had a large family, which I have no photos of. Only he and her older sister survived. Somehow, my father's family knew that the inevitable in that town was that the Russian army invaded and told him to escape on his own. Unfortunately, the Russian army found my father hitting hiding in a building and basically gave him a choice. Either you join us or I guess you can figure out the rest. He spent most of World War II doing missions in the Russian army, parachuting and actually fighting in battle. One of the funniest stories that my parents told me was they were stuck in a parachute jump in Coney Island. My mother was freaking out. 
But to my dad, it was nothing since he spent most of the war trying to escape and getting recaptured. The amazing thing was that he wasn't killed by the Russians. But the seeds of his hypervigilance that kept him alive with no modulation of how to relax made it pretty, pretty bad for his parenting skills. But pound for pound, he was the strongest man I ever met at five foot three. For him to survive, the enemy was always lurking. There was always some threat to his well-being. And sometimes that threat was me. Sometimes, sometimes I did. Triggered him and I was attacked. The firstborn. There was no middle ground when your life is on the line all the time. It made for an incredible man, husband, provider, and father. At one time, it was great. I remember him seeing, seeing him dyeing my mom's hair and at one point thinking, how incredibly romantic this is. The problem was, I never knew which one to expect. He was both gentle and terrifying, compassionate, confused, and confusing. War is not about subtlety. All families had their private lives and their public ones, and mine was no different. Most other family members who I eventually shared this with saw that my father was friendly, outgoing, fun guy. Yet, one of my first coherent thoughts as a child was a sense that something is not right here, something intuitive, maybe my own sense of survival on my own. This gave me a sense that what is going on here in a number of interviews that I had with my father for therapeutic purposes, uh, mine, not his, he told me they had no way of knowing what was going on during the war and the extent of the loss of his family and the extent of the Holocaust. I can't even imagine the shock and the trauma he had learning about this and knowing that your whole family, your whole way of life, the whole place that you grew up in was literally destroyed. Unfortunately, trauma is transmitted. And I wonder if he dissociated, as I did, which is again another story for later on. Somehow my parents met in a village in Wetzlar, Germany, which became a displaced person settlement. It became a village with all types of programs, medical, legal, social. It, it became a town where survivors tried to come to the United States, sponsored by families, but there was still a quota on Eastern European Jews coming to the United States. The Holocaust hadn't completely eradicated anti-Semitism. But many families were connected to their own in the States by the Hebrew Educational Aid Society, HIAS. For many years, I, contrib I contributed to HIAS in both their names. Now, not to make this story completely glum, but the way my parents met was pretty romantic. There was actually a dance in the town. My mother was on a date, not with my father, but she was dancing. But I have no idea what, why he did this, but my father, my father walked over and he cut in, just knowing that this is the person he wanted to be with. I wish I had my father's talent with my own dating, but he convinced her that this was who he was supposed to be with. When I do my cabaret act, I tell the story and I sing the song of the great Johnny Mercer, Come Rain or Come Shine. The lyrics are just so perfect and the song is so beautiful. So at least I could say that the seeds of my life were planted on that note. I can do no wrong when I sing that song. 
Days may be cloudy or sunny, we're in or we're out of the money, but I'm with you always, I'm with you rain or shine.